Welcome to this week's Toonami Preflight, uh, a very punk version. Sort of. Steamy. Steamy. I like it. I, like, I prefer to say a special steamy episode. The uh, That sounds A steaming awful. hot pile of episode. We're in the countdown to countdown, so we'll be showing you our countdown trailer. Finally. We're only 20-something hours away. Yeah. Coming soon. So we're excited, as you can tell. <laughs> uh, but first off, we're going to start with our number, we'll call it 40-ish movie on Pace Magazine's top 100 anime movies, Steam Boy, the 2004 lightly released U.S. theatrical <laughs> Limited release. release, extremely limited U.S. release. Jason and I were talking about this morning, neither one of us even remember Sorry, it being... Yeah. Marketed, yeah, all. like yeah, I don't thing. remember. It 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 came. It probably did come to Atlanta, but it couldn't have been here long because we have made a point of seeing anything like this. And uh, I was just saying, Metropolis came out sort of around the same time. Yeah, this was it released in Japan in '04 and the States in '05. And I remember ads for Metropolis and saw that in the theater, but I didn't even remember seeing any marketing about this movie, like in terms of broad marketing. Yeah. It probably was in Animage and all those magazines that existed back then. But I didn't read those. <clears throat> Jason can't read. <laughs> right. I can't, unfortunately. He doesn't even know what that... Unfortunately, I can't read says. anything. I've just been faking it this whole time. It's a tragic tale. We I don't even know what the shirt says. It just says yes. to me. I don't know. I just thought it looked it pretty. It does kind of say that, though. So. No, it doesn't. Okay. It's a Tribe Called Quest lyric, you fucking tool. No, I'm just saying you can't... It's hard to read the way you have the shirt. You slushy. mean wearing you gotta, it in my chest? No, you gotta... You gotta oh, there you go. Bam. Is that better? Yes, much why don't you flip your pen some more? Um, impossible. I know. Already it is top impossible. rotations. At this point, you should be able to go to the fucking carnival and just do it as a trick. Most people aren't uh, super interested in it, but I'll Most look into Most people don't know you see. like I do. Um, you're right. You're not very interesting. Um, so let's talk about Steam Boy. So we have a pretty crappy trailer. Couldn't find any trailers in HD for this one, so this is as good as we could find. So let's check out the the, the dub is actually pretty good. It's got um, Anna Paquin, a young Anna Paquin plays Steam Boy. Uh, also the the Alfred Molina's his dad. And Alfred Molina's the Patrick dad. Stewart is the granddad. And then um, Carrie Wolgren, who played Miss Satomi yeah. in IGPX, and Haruko in Fulikuli, plays uh, the love interest. Um, so let's check out the the trailer. Waiting for the power of steam. I have to stop them. Dad and Granddad are both in there. You must preserve the future for all of us. I feel for like having they... as many roles as Patrick Stewart has had, both voiceover and acting has he ever done anything that isn't just his voice oh i don't think so um, why would he i don't know just, um i guess when you have an awesome voice and you're a yeah, royal shakespearean say, actor you, you, mean, just you just put do it out your live. thing yeah your thing gets you cold paid but yeah um weird trailer is like they spent all their money on the graphics package yeah and like the movie wasn't fully finished being dubbed so they just used what they it's could it's also weird to it's not weird to put the voice over cast out but it's weird to do it 45 seconds into the spot with no other sound <laughs> yeah. in any way. And then it's like, yeah. all of a sudden you do one line from and, each person. And it's crazy how much text they use as opposed to just showing the movie. Because it's one of the best looking animated movies of all time. Yeah. Like, so, brief history of Steam Boy. Um, so, basically, Steam Boy was Otomo's follow-up to Akira. He, he worked on it for 10 years, co-wrote it and directed it. You can clearly tell from the character designs that it's based on his draftsmanship. Um, and the degree of detail in the backgrounds and the integration of CG into the 2D is like still among the best I've ever seen. 
Um, it is totally gorgeous. Uh, I, I think you can still get it on iTunes and stuff, but it's not in true HD. Like it hasn't been remastered. No, I don't think. Um, but it still looks amazing. The story-wise, it's basically so it's firmly in the steampunk genre. And here, I think we should have a little aside and talk about what steampunk is for those of you who. What does steampunk mean to don't you? Don't know. Steampunk as a genre is used to describe any kind of story in which there is a, you know, a lot of times it's an alternate history where combustion engines weren't created, so steam is still the main source of power. Um, but st- there are a lot of steampunk things that are called steampunk that are more influenced design wise by the idea that there was no advancement of technology. So, like an excess of pipes, or like a lot of times it's the idea of imagining what if someone could make a a plane before we could do combustion engines. Yeah, like a what would a steampunk merging yeah. the nineteenth century, late nineteenth century world with Victorian m- era more advanced technology through yeah. steam. And so Steam Boy t- is and big dusters. And Steam Boy takes place in an alternate universe it, during the Victorian era in England, in which the steam engine the steam engine is still the main type of mechanical engine and the combustion engine fossil fuel uh burning engine has not been invented so there's a race there's an arms race basically as to who can invent the most efficient steam-based technology and the main characters father and grandfather invent they have a breakthrough involving mineral water somehow it's, yeah, it's like water. more pure yeah, it's so a way it's- of synthesizing mineral water to create a sort of steam engine that is almost like endlessly it can produ- produce endless amounts of energy basically and their name is steam the and shit their is last in their name blood. is steam so you know if your name is steam you're coming up with some cool steamy shit they really should have named one of those kids stanley though. yeah stanley been. steamer <laughs> um but yeah so the movie begins with an accident in the lab where they discover this amazing invention. And from that point on, the, there's an ideological divide between the grandfather and the father. The grandfather believes that steam should be used for to create great works of beauty and to benefit humanity. And the father believes it should be used to empower mankind and be given to everyone on Earth. And even if that results in weapons of mass destruction being made or people being dominated or society being turned upside down, he thinks it's mankind's birthright to have this. Yeah, sort of the age-old scientific question of when the pursuit of science, when does it become militarized and whose fault is that? More so... Atomic age, but still, I think yeah, I mean, from gunpowder on. It's really a question from gunpowder on. Clearly, Oppenheimer probably thought about it a lot. Um, so, and then the, the the main character basically gets caught up in this adventure where there is a group, an investment group, basically looking to fund the father's giant steam castle so that they can develop weapons with it. The British government is sort of another power that wants to get this technology, and then the grandfather is trying to disrupt all of this so that no one can have these and turn them into weapons of war because he firmly is anti-war. And he keeps talking about you can't just let capitalists have this kind of power because all they care about is money, um, which I agree with. Which and so he convinces his grandson to help him. So Because for a while, the grandson's kind of on the dad's side because he loves his dad and he hasn't seen him in a few years. And then his grandfather gets him on his side. And sort of by the end, in a cool way, the son somewhat comes around like, eh, you remember how I almost killed everybody? You're right, Dad. Let's do this together. And they together decide to move this giant floating steam castle over the ocean where it can fall apart and the technology will be lost and no one will be hurt. And all it'll do will kill millions of sea (laughs) lions. Who cares about fish, though? Um, So then... You know, in between all this, there's another. There's a female main character who's who's the heir of a fortune. The the company Scarlett that, O'Hara. Scarlett O'Hara is that oh, the really O'Hara Foundation? Yeah, that yeah. she's they're funding the father's research, and she slowly also comes around to the idea that this is a bad thing, and she kind of falls for Steam Boy. And so, by the end, 
all is kind of right with the world, but it's like a, a nice long... It's kind of a typical adventure movie. I think people judge it harshly against Akira, but like... Yeah, I mean, it's not only Akira. One, it's like but saying, that's like, yeah. It's like looking at every Coppola movie and saying it's not Apocalypse Now. Like, yeah, Apocalypse Now is Apocalypse Now. Rumblefish is Rumblefish. They're still both good movies. Yeah. I feel like Steam Boy is... A, this also, the amount of production time was held against it, too. It's like it took you years. 10 years to make yeah, Steam Boy, and yeah. there's some... Marginally, like it's a cool idea. It's not like it's not going to change the world and didn't. I mean, yeah, I I thought it was a lot, but it's great. I I had a a lot of fun with it. I liked it a lot. It did it need to be 10 years? I don't know. I mean, it's got some of those it looks amazing, incredible shots I've ever seen, but it also came out and was somewhat of a flop. Like it didn't make its production budget back. It was poorly marketed. It's not ideal in the movie business. (laughs) It was poorly marketed in the US, so I think it was just looked at as a and the dub was cut way down it's like 15 or 20 minutes shorter yeah than the sub than the, than the sub version so and arguably the sub version is too long <laughs> yeah but the dub version like ends the movie early which is really weird and then sort of just yeah montages montages it. the end um but it's still worth checking out um if you have any interest in steampunk or, or boys in, or <laughs> otomo's work um you should Check it out. I, I'd say it's. I mean, it's. It earns its its place on our list. I think. Yeah. I mean, considering it's almost fifteen years old now, and it looks still looks better than yeah. most animated movies. Definitely. Um, whoops! Almost spilled some drink on myself. So that leads us into our um, topic for the day, which is what's your favorite steampunk movie? So uh, we've already talked a little bit about. Bioshock. What, what steampunk is. Yeah. Cutscenes I mean, from Bioshock. Steampunk steampunk games, there's a ton. I mean, kind yeah. of Castle Wolfenstein is basically steampunk that I'm playing right now. Yeah, it's a little more diesel punk. It's it's a little bit diesel punk, but it, it's definitely steampunk. If it wasn't German, it would probably be more steampunk. I mean, steam. it's definitely steampunk influenced. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely stuff like um, Bioshock, the Wild Wild West, even elements of like Dead Space. With the puzzles, yeah, like when it's a computer that's a that's an engine that's not just like that's like flashcards. Yeah, when it's like, like gears, you know, that's more steampunk than. Um, anyway, we can talk about what steampunk is all day. So, uh, I'm going to start my list off with another animated film. This one's only a year or two old, and that is uh, April and the Extraordinary World, which I believe came out last year, and it's French and. Uh, it's a steampunk tale and a really good one. Um, I did a um, moving pictures about it, I think. So trash I'm Can not, Sam. Yeah, Trash Can Sam. So I'm not going to talk about it too much. We'll just look at the trailer. But I will say the trailer doesn't really do it justice. It's a totally beautiful movie. Um, and it's very underlooked. Like I didn't really see anyone talk about it. And it's totally awesome. So I actually would say see this movie first and then Steam Boy. But let's check out the trailer. of invention and stuck in the age of steam the greatest scientific minds are disappearing cherche mes parents j'aimerais bien danser la chasse ne danse pas et ça ne parle pas c'est une amie que tu devrais trouver qu'est ce que tu fais là moi c'est julius t'as perdu tes parents c'est ça moi, je pourrais t'aider te fais pas d'idées l'échange de salive j'ai déjà donné Je crois qu'elle t'aime bien. Tu sais chez qui on est Oui. Avril Tu peux m'expliquer C'est pas vraiment le moment. Avril, mon moineau, c'est papa. Papa Tu es en danger. Ils vont arriver. Qu'avez-vous dit à votre fille C'est bon, vous avez fini. 
Also a terrible trailer <laughs> that really doesn't tell you about the movie at all. I mean, other than, so the difference between that movie... Other than those Tesla coils are dangerous. Yeah, all, the difference between that movie and Steam Boy is Steam Boy takes place in the Victorian era, and this takes place in the Industrial Age, but it's an alternate timeline in which the Industrial Age happened, but they've never been able to move beyond steam technology, and April is a young woman whose parents have disappeared, and they are also scientists who have created an endless renewable source of energy. So a lot of the same questions that arise in this movie are things that were discussed in Steam Boy as well. Um, but it's a way cooler movie than that dumb trailer makes it look like, so just ignore that. Um, next up for me is a movie I've always loved, uh, and that's... Uh, what's his name? Junet and Carol. They're two directors. Jean-Paul Junet. Jean-Paul Junet and Marc Carol. Uh, that is The City of Lost Children. So these are the guys who directed... Amelie and Delicatessen, among many other movies, uh, they no longer direct together, I believe, but this was back when they were a duo. And this is from the early 90s. Yeah, um, mid, probably 94, 5-ish. 94, yeah. Um, and City of Lost Children is basically another movie about an alternate sort of timeline in which the industrial age never moved on there's a whole bunch of it's not exactly steam steampunk but there's a whole bunch of steampunk type designs and influence it's about a uh, person who was created it's about a guy who was created by a mad scientist who can't have any dreams so he steals children and extracts their dreams from them uh, and he has a sort of he works with this army of uh, they're kind of like I don't know how to describe them. They're sort of like the Borg, but from the, in the industrial age Borg, there are people who are mechanizing their bodies. He invents things for them so that they kidnap the kids. Ron Perlman is the main character who plays a strong man in a circus whose brother is taken. So he is the one who sort of sets off on the adventure, but he doesn't really speak. He doesn't really. He's yeah, it's a French movie and he's, he's not quite to, French. Yeah, and he's supposed to be not very bright. So. Um, but it's a totally awesome. All their movies look amazing. Um, the, the the set design is totally incredible. I couldn't find a good HD trailer, so I just have a scene that kind of just gives you an idea. I think this movie is not available in HD. I don't right think it now, is either. Which sucks. Um, in the streaming era, beautiful movies like this that don't have a wide appeal often get sort of left behind, which is unfortunate. I hope at some point Criterion picks it up or something. I don't know. Um, but for now, you can see this scene. Cohen Brothers type, type action. Yeah. Um, I think there's a heavy Cohen influence on a lot of their work. Um, so if you can find that movie, definitely worth watching. Um, I love it. Uh, and then finally, my favorite movie that you know in this list. It's sort of more again inspired by steampunk than actually a steampunk movie. But there's a whole lot of steampunk inspired sort of design in it. It's one of the best design movies I think ever, and that's of course 1985's classic. Brazil from the great Terry Gilliam. Um, so Brazil is sort of a, it's about an average, basically a, a, a clerk or Clark, as they say in the movie, <laughs> uh, who's sort of a process server and who imagines that he is much more in his sort of downtime. He imagines being sort of a hero and he gets caught up in this big adventure, some of which may or may not be in his head. Uh, it's one of the more devastating movies I've ever seen, but it's also amazing. Um, so here's a trailer for Brazil. Do you wake from your finest fantasy only to return to your daily nightmare? Is your mother about to look younger than you do. Does the woman of your dreams... I love you. In my dreams, I love you. ...still have a few doubts? 
then it's time to take a stand. To break out of your dull, humdrum life and into Brazil. You're so pleased. You can make it right this way. It's about flights of fantasy and the nightmare of reality. We're all in this together. Terrorist bombings. I don't think it involves anything unsavory. Hey, trust me, Jack. And late night shopping. True love. You don't trust me? Trust you? Trust you? The man who hijacks my truck, loses me my job, has every security man in town looking for me? Of course I trust you. I was only trying to help. Yeah. And creative plumbing. There's a problem. Can you fix it? No, I can't. From Terry Gilliam, director of Time Bandits, Jonathan Price. Sam, what are we going to do with you? Robert De Niro. I came into this game for the action, the excitement. Go anywhere, travel light, get in, get out, wherever there's trouble, a man alone. Catherine Hellman and Michael Palin. We've always been close, haven't we? Yes, Jack. Well, until this all blows over, just stay away from me. Brazil, it's only a state of mind. We're all in it together, kid. If you're a young person who hasn't seen Brazil, you should. Yes. I think you'll like it. If you're watching this, it's better than this. Just by a <laughs> Really, 1A and 1B. <laughs> uh, first for me is 1954, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, based on the Jules Verne novel, um, directed by Richard Fleischer, Max Fleischer's son. Nice. Uh, who went on to direct Soylent Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, which seems like an odd progression to your career. But evidently, Walt Disney himself produced this movie. He was so excited about getting all the money out of everyone imaginable, <laughs> making a ride in a park and everything about it. Um, this is sort of so early steampunk. It's sort of setting it's the pre -steampunk, ground. pre-steampunk, yeah. steampunk, yeah. Vern, Jules um, Verne, period. Father, steampunk, yeah. pioneer. Yeah. Um, but this is the late 1800s, and it starts off, and there's um, like a scientist and a boat captain and a really great harpooner, which is how you know it's the late 1800s. And they're going to try to prove that this mythical sea beast exists, and they find it, and it turns out to be the Nautilus, uh, which is not, in fact, a ship and an early submarine. And Captain Nemo then sort of starts losing his mind, and, uh, or he always has. And so they run around and it turns into the same sort of questions that we were talking about with Steam Boy, where it's like, and when do your scientific advancements turn into militaristic ones and what responsibility do you have for that? And so Captain Nemo's sort of so obsessed with technology that he's ironically going to get a lot of people killed. Yeah. Um, so let's check out this really 50s style trailer for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. picture screen explodes with unprecedented power as the two masters of imagination, Jules Verne and Walt Disney, join to bring you a shattering new experience in entertainment. Read by countless millions, translated into 18 languages, this classic adventure is a story of measureless scope, fraught with fantastic beauty and danger. Four great stars, give the spark of life to its leading characters in a series of inspirational performances. Kirk Douglas as the master harpooner, Ned Land. James Mason as Captain Nemo, who held the destiny of the world in his hands. Paul Lucas as Professor Aranax of the Paris Institute. Peter Lorre as Conceal. 
The most vivid scenes from the novel become unforgettable on the screen. The luxurious interior of the submarine, the revelation of the hidden mysteries of the deep, the mighty harvests of the ocean kingdom. the strange creatures that menace the intruders on the ocean floor. And after a safe return, the memorable dinner party. It's remarkable. This tastes like veal. The flavor deceives you. That is filet of sea snake. Hmm? I guess this isn't lamb. That is brisket of blowfish with sea squared dressing, basted in barnacles. <clears throat> what is it? That's a recipe of my own. Sotie of unborn octopus. <laughs> and to stay in your memory as the most thrilling sequence ever photographed in motion picture history, the terrifying battle with the giant squid. Awesome, even 30 years after that, but that was still 30 years ago. So yeah. probably not the best in motion picture motion. history. And I love the idea that, I mean, only back then in America, like, I'm eating eel. Yeah. Disgusting. Like, that it's know. like a seafood Just dinner like, is the most oh, vile, corrupt. Where's the meat? Indeed. Um, but a good movie that they used to play all the time on Disney Channel. They did night. play it all the time. It was like this, and then Friday night they would flip over to the Black Hole, and that was the two two great movies, live action movies that you would see. Um, second for me is Guy Ritchie's 2009 Sherlock Holmes, uh, which pretty much is not your daddy's Sherlock Holmes. This ain't your daddy's steampunk. Their whole deal, but That's Guy Ritchie's whole career. Yeah, this ain't your daddy's movie. King Arthur, oops, King Arthur, um, who has sex. I think King Arthur had sex. I know, but the, that's Guy Ritchie's. Right. This is Sherlock. But who fucks? Who fucks? <laughs> that's his whole pitch. Um, yeah, I mean, I never saw this. I haven't seen either of them. They're fun. You should. They're great airplane movies. Yeah, they I was going to say six years ago. I'm saving him. Seven for, years ago, I'm saving him for a, a long flight. You should. Uh, yeah. I was waiting till he completes the trilogy. <laughs> I think he might be waiting. He'll probably a have to go that. back now that um, King Arthur ate shit. I don't know that Robert Downey Jr. needs to go back though. I don't know. Uh, I but guess he it obviously depends on how much he loves. He went back a second time. Yeah, I mean, he'll probably wait till he's not doing Iron Man anymore, which is another movie or two, and then he'll be like, just yeah, for the love of the game, fire up Sherlock one more time. Yeah. Um, and this is uh, this. Their whole take was we want to get back to the basics of the books, and they did that by making this huge grand cinematic spectacle uh, he's like a crazy martial arts expert and an inventor and all sorts of things but these movies are fun so let's check out uh the trailer for sherlock holmes please sit put your money on the table welcome the cards can illuminate your future i have a feeling you're in danger Actually, I prefer to read your fortune. I see your next client is here to kill you. Oh, how I've missed you, Holmes. I see your web of conspiracy has expanded. I'm knee-deep in the single most important case of my career. The clues point in one direction. Professor James Moriarty. Are you sure you want to play this game? I'm afraid you would lose. I agree it's not my best disguise, but I had to make do. See this in the cards, did you? (laughs) 
we doing down here? We are waiting. So that was actually for the sequel, but the point's still the same. They're both lovely steampunk movies, taken as one big movie. One, it's really one story. Yeah, when you, it just when continues you boil it down, it's, it just continues. It is. It builds on itself. And uh, last for me is the culmination of the trilogy of imagination from Terry Gilliam, 1988, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Baron Monk Husen. <laughs> Munchausen. My favorite scene. Um, <clears throat> this, I can't see uh, Sarah Polly. Who then wrote a whole bunch of, um, she wrote a long article about yeah. how traumatized she was by being on this movie. She didn't know what was going on. It seems horrific. And uh, how it scarred her for life. And then Terry Gilliam was like, I mean, sorry, your parents were there. They said it was cool. So, yeah. and <laughs> she's like, uh, yeah, that's not good enough. It was a pretty fun exchange. But it doesn't color my love of the movie. No knowing way. that a young Sarah Polly is being permanently scarred watching all this enjoyable I mean, delightful stuff. I do think he has a point. He does have a point. He does <laughs> have a, He has a point. They both have a point. Yeah. Like, you know, I, Terry Gilliam sets I've read are somewhat chaotic and yeah. he's always spending more than he can really spend and pushing everybody to stay late and work harder. And if you're a 6-year-old, that's probably not the healthiest place yeah. to be. But uh, that's what parents are for. That's why I didn't put my kid in into movies. Um, but anyway, let's. Yeah. Sorry, no, it's fine. I just saw her and immediately yeah. thought of that. Yeah, because it's sitting in freezing cold water and having things explode around you that you didn't know <laughs> was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not cool if you're six. Yeah the uh, the Michael Palin line about this movie was. I'd had the the best formula for Terry Gilliam movies up to this point. I went and saw them, but I wasn't fucking in them. <laughs> and it turned out to be a great choice if you like watching the movies. But he was in Brazil. That was after this. That was before this. The uh, oh yeah, maybe it's not Michael Palin. Maybe it's um one of the other yeah Monty Python guys. The other one. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of them are in this movie. Let's check out the trailer for Baron Munchausen, which won't make any sense, but it shouldn't have to. From the director of Time Bandits and Brazil, a new movie full of noise. <laughs> Flying objects. Trust me, madam, your underwear is in good Hello. Is there a doctor in the fish? Celebrities. I'm Baron Munchausen. Mm. That sounds nasty. Is it contagious? Compassion. The Sultan is going to cut off my head. And? And? Travel. Now you come back here and expect me to follow you to the ends of the earth. Yes. All right. Honor. Have you any famous last words? Not yet. Not yet? Is that famous? Gravity. We've been dropped through the center of the world to come out on the other side. Bull. He was full of it. The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, a true story. We've got the film to prove it. Yeah, Eric Idle, not Eric Idle. Super fun movie. Yeah. And I love Jean Rochefort. He's, he's great. 
He was also a voice in uh, April in the Extraordinary World. Oh, nice. Bringing it all around. Yeah. Um, there was a bunch of fun stuff on the Laserdisc making of and totally bananas things that they cut out of the uh, DVD for some reason. But are now <laughs> they tortured back Sarah Polly <laughs> for the Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, so you can see all that uh, in its glory. So those are some of our favorite steampunk uh, films. Let's take a look at the Adult Swim Facebook Top 5. Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Yeah, that, I could see that. Uh, Treasure Planet, which is a good overlooked movie, Disney movie that was a huge flop. Yeah. Steampunk, not proving one of the more popular genres. <laughs> not uh, box office. No. City cool. of Lost Children, Castle in the Sky, Sky Crapton in the World of Tomorrow. Uh, a total piece of shit. Do you think you've ever said Sky Captain I've never, since that movie no, came out? No, since I saw them. I said Sky Captain when the hype was around, like, hey, this guy did this amazing yeah. movie all by himself, and he did all the effects himself, and turns out, yeah, that's why it <laughs> sucks, because you can't be good at every job. Um, since then, it's Sky Crapton to me. You'll always be my Crapton. Um, so Sky. next up, let's see what the Toonami Facebook picks are for your favorite steampunk movies. Treasure Planet again, Steam, Steam Boy. Boy. nice work. Empire of Corpses, which I hadn't heard of, but you yeah, had. I, yeah, yeah. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is, fucking terrible. which is like, okay, if we're talking about the comic, sure, but the movie was so bad, I can't yeah. even, just as an example, like, so was Wild Wild West, but they're both so bad. That's the thing. There hasn't been a steampunk thing that's like really broken through that was really high quality. It was just yeah, like... It's video games. It's not yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and 20,000 Leagues Under Sea, of course. Um, so next up, we have some sneak peeks. Um, the first one we'll show you is a sneak peek of this week's episode of Dragon Ball Super that premieres at 11, and that is uh, DBC Super Episode 40. Let's take a look at that. On the next all-new episode of Dragon Ball Super. My time skip has advanced so much you can't keep up with me anymore! <laughs> Dragon Ball Super, Saturday at 11. Yo, Lord Beerus, I'd like you to lift all the rules for the tournament. Oh, are you not afraid that you might die? Oh, you're not going to get me like that again. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. I'm not worried so, about so get, that he's going to die. You're not worried he's going to die? <laughs> He'll probably come back. He's died a few times. Yeah. Um, and then here is the... This has already been out there if you're a Toonami fan, but um, in case... You're a more casual fan who happens to be tuning into this stream. Unlikely, there might but be possible. like four of you. Um, we are starting this this week, starting at eleven. Yes. Yep. The opening tsunami uh, is a four part mini series called Countdown, starring Tom and Sarah, and it's their newest adventure that they get into. So we've aired the teaser. So here's the more full trailer, which still doesn't really tell you much, but it tells you a little bit more. Teaser, so let's, teaser plus. Let's, yeah, let's check that out. So we're excited about it. Um, that was the story was from Gil and myself, and then it was written by Brendan Fletcher, the comic book writer. Um, he's a he's written a whole bunch of great comics. Friend of the show. Um, if you're watching, Brendan Motor Pence. Crush is kind of his current book that he's working on, um, but he's great. So check out his work, and hopefully you guys will like this. Let us know what you think. And then next up, uh, Trash Can Sam. Can I talk about trash? We've had a lot of equity trash humpers in this, and you keep trying to rebrand it. Trash. I don't understand <laughs> yeah, why equity. The uh, <laughs> I'm not people trying are to clamoring for more. I don't. I'm not trying. I promise, I'm not trying to rebrand it. Uh, this, I have to say, I saw you do this, and this looked like the most trash of your one man's trash that you've done. I made a spreadsheet in at least a year. Like, look at that. That is a spreadsheet. What is that spreadsheet? This column indicates my split times. Uh -huh. These are the totals for for one and two, and then these are laps. It's not really laps, but splits one through Can three. Yeah. So you are a fucking lunatic. So you went through, and why did you do this? Because well, so actually, you should just well, uh, you go ahead. I'm going to use this for something. Well, let me explain it. I, I can explain it better than I can. So let's okay, check it out. That's great. Welcome to another edition of One Man's Trash, where I spin my wheels and go in circles so much you'd think I was racing a car, which today I am, specifically in Gran Turismo Sport. 
I was cautiously optimistic, but still somewhat excited for this game to come out. And then I found out that it's only online races, really. There's somewhat of a single player, but not the way the Gran Turismo games have been before. And while that's great for some people, I don't really like online racing games. So I decided that I would just hunt around for some one-man's trash, specifically getting all golds on the licenses. Now, in theory, this is relatively easy, and it's not all that rare of a trophy. It's top 7% or so, which is better than I did in high school, but still not all that great. Um, but it was really a huge pain in the ass. It starts off pretty easy. All you really have to do is go in a straight line, and if you hold down the gas and don't move the controller really at all, then you'll get your first gold and you're on your way. And then some of them are a little harder, but usually the tracks are so short that you can pretty much just do it over and over again, and eventually you'll get it. But if you want to get no longer a novice, you've got to get all goals. And the trickier parts are when you have to, quote unquote, put it all together. So that's at the end of the beginner and the end of the intermediate. So they don't even have an expert, thank God, uh, license test. So this is a full lap and you've got to get golds on both. So the beginner is about a minute, but the intermediate is almost two minutes, specifically one minute, 50 seconds, and two one thousandths, 200 one thousandths of a second or two tenths of a second. Uh, and that is where it becomes a huge pain in the ass because you race this whole long lap and you've got to get your ghost and then beat those times and you're shaving off thousandths of seconds over the course of two minutes. Uh, so you spend the better part of three and a half days really driving yourself crazy. So I started off and I wasn't too scientific about this whole thing. I was capturing the footage and I would sort of reset it every now and then and it wasn't that big a deal. And by the end, I had it super dialed in and had borderline lost my entire mind. So I started off and I got silver with a pretty good ghost time and I was feeling not too bad about this whole thing. And that was at, hang on, let me look at my sheet, shot 90. And then I got a ghost for a minute 50.846 seconds. And then I got a slightly better ghost at a minute 50.449, which is excruciatingly close, specifically 249 thousandths of a second. And that was shot 97. And then I settled in to about 115 more shots. One of the biggest mistakes I made was not remembering that when you back out of a race, you lose your ghost data, or at least I did, and I didn't know how to do it another way. So normally that's not really that big of a deal, but on this long ass race, there's seven turns, and if you screw any of them up or don't do them all perfectly, you're not gonna get it. And it turns out I never got my ghost nearly as fast as I did at shot 93. So that was super annoying and a huge pain in the ass. So much so that I smashed my controller into the ground, something I haven't done in a long, long time. And I heard Chris Hartley call through the wall, is everything okay? And in my mind, I was thinking, no, it's really not okay. But I did get another controller and I regained my composure and I slammed my head against the wall for another 30 attempts or so. And I decided, you know what? It's time to shut down for the night. So armed with a fresh night's sleep, I got back at it and I realized, shit, I don't have my ghost again, so here we go. And I really thought I was gonna smash another controller, but I got another ghost at a pretty decent silver time, minute and 51 seconds. So not nearly close enough to get a gold, but at least it was a good frame of reference. And then I was super psyched because I smoked my ghost and I thought I had it nailed. And then I remember that this wasn't really all that fast of a ghost and all I did was shave my time down, specifically to a minute 50.940, a full half a second slower than my last fastest ghost. And that was only shot 147. And this was shot 159. I was totally dialed in, in the zone, had beaten my best splits all the way around, was running my fastest laps possible and Jonathan Delgado comes in and asks me a question about countdown and totally fucks me. And I didn't make a big deal out of it because I'm a grown man slash-ish. Uh, but this actually totally sucked because one of the easiest turns on the whole thing, I totally screwed up. And I only barely missed my time, which meant I did all the other turns almost perfectly and there was borderline zero chance I was ever gonna do this, do this well again. And this is about the time when I started getting really scientific about it. So I got my handy Excel spreadsheet and I broke everything down by the thousandths of seconds, which Excel doesn't really want you to do, but there's a way you can sort of cheat it. 
And I realized that for the first lap split, I needed to be under 37 seconds. 38 seconds really gave me no opportunity to win. And for the second split, I needed to be under a minute 11. A minute 12, again, really didn't give me much of a chance. But it was this last chicane and the last turn that I just wasn't getting down. So I lost my ghost data, I backed out, and I started practicing the chicane. And I got gold on it, so I was pretty excited. And I said to myself, I'm going to get three golds faster and faster in a row, and then I'll be ready to do it. And I hit the damn wall 15 other times and armed with this blanket of really no security whatsoever and a really heavy set of doom and dread that not only was I not going to be able to do this, but I wasted the better part of four days doing it. I got back at it, got my ghost, was doing okay, but still wasn't making it because I kept hitting the damn chicane wall. I'd either come in too fast and hit it short, or I'd come in too hot and hit it long. If I slowed down, then I got past, and it, this was sort of the cycle that I was in, and it was really bad. Until I finally did it, I got my whole lap, and I beat it by six one-thousandths of a second, and that is the greatest accomplishment I've ever done. And then I realized that this wasn't all that hard for most other people, and so I realized this was kind of a bad one-man's trash, that although I was banging my head against the wall, which is what's needed, I wasn't really doing something all that hard. Uh, even though I didn't really want to race the game, I really needed to do some more trophy hunting. Specifically for the promise of greatness, which is beating a gold time by more than a second. So I decided that why not try the full lap? I could probably make up a second. So I did the beginner race at the end, and armed with my already scientific data, I started breaking things down. And so on shot 250, I got the silver at 46 seconds, 0.506. And that was pretty good, but not good enough. And I realized that, again, my split times were gonna have to be fast. So I needed a sub 18 second split, a sub 27 second split, and then you just have to haul ass through this straight away and not run off. This is sort of weird because you can hit this cone and it counts, but if you run off a little bit more, it doesn't count. So I never really understood what the deal with that was. But a mere 13 attempts later after I got my silver, I got another sweet gold, and I decided that I'm never playing Gran Turismo Sport again. Until I realized that there's trophies for getting all gold on mission challenges and circuit experiences, which I am currently doing now, so stay tuned. You may see me break some more controllers. If you've got something fun or dumb for me to do in a video game, hit me up at StupidGill and let me know. Really just the scientific experiment. How long did that take? Three days. Three, like, Five. full, legit days. I found days. a better use for your paper. Um, so that took three days? It three took and a half. Three days. You were playing for like a week. No. I mean, it was all day. Oh, three. It's like 36 hours of yeah. game time. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's different. Saying I did it over three days. No, it was like. Okay, so it was 36 clocking hours. Clocking in. Play. Oh, God. No, nah, probably not that long. 20. What, what made you decide this is the one? I'm not going to play because you're not playing the game. Mm. What not made you decide like, I'm not going to play the game, but I am going to do. This incredibly difficult and pointless series of challenges. It's not really usually it's with a game you're already playing. Yeah, so that's where this is a bit of a an aberration. Is this game you don't want to play? Mm. So it's what, not for me. What motivated you to? Well, it's not for you, but you spent 36 hours on it, so it's somewhat for you. Well, yeah, the, it held your attention. The crux of this game the, is yeah. for is racing other people online, which I don't have any interest in. Gotcha. Um, other than yourself. Your ghost. Yeah. The you only literally, person... So it was basically masturbating for 36 hours. Yes. That's why Digitally. You, that's why you enjoyed it. Right. Okay. Cool. And there's more to come. <laughs> As opposed to a group experience, it was a more solitary... I don't like racing online. yourself it, type it, thing. I think it changes the dynamics. Like, because everybody's sort of style is just smashing all the other cars going around the corner the Jason DeMarco way. I was going to say. Um, and... And, and you're not racing up your own ghost's ass, so yes. it seems more fun. But it's also, the way they do these races is it's like, it's a timed thing. So it's like, yeah. in Most 20 minutes, are. a race will start. No, like, it's they all start at a set time. Oh, so yeah, it's like, you can't sure. just jump into a sure. game. It's like an instance in a... Right. Or, yeah. And so... And you didn't play Forza either, right? You no, I did. played it a little. Yeah. But you're not feeling the racing games this I just year. think I'm over... The idea of them is more appealing than the actual games. I think I've played them too much. They're they're not different enough gotcha. year to year. I mean, this one is probably the most different, and I'm rejecting it because of that difference. So I get 
the quadri. Gran Turismo rejected by Gil, um, but only after he played it for 36 hours. Yeah, and I'm not really done playing it, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm also not playing. I haven't actually raced a race yet. We <laughs> we should just call this Gil is a fucking lunatic should be the title of this. It would be more accurate. We'll do parenthetically. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that should it'll be, be the, uh, the well, subtitle. Well done. I always enjoy watching you yeah. crush your balls in a vice for no reason. I know um, you do. Haven't broken a controller in a long time. <laughs> oh, that's right. You broke a controller over this. Yeah. So that's it's something. In, yeah. Gil's normally the more cool-headed between us, I would say, it's overall. Even, oh, it's down there. Right? Overall. I even have the take where I broke my controller. Overall, you're the more cool-headed one between the two of us. People have said. Um, but the secret, secret Gil information is when it comes to video games... I have he's, a. He's actually maybe. I have a, little, a higher ceiling. He's a little more. But I do of, still break. He's a little more of a hothead than I am. Yeah, overall. Um, I don't care that much. He gets That's, wrapped up and cares about You're everything. giving yourself no, far too much it. credit right now. I just blow through it. And then I care a lot for like a week and then I never care again. But you care like intensely for a while. You're it's, still playing XCOM and you're still mad at it playing on the hardest possible setting you're mad at it that it's not easier but you're still playing it no for like i'm the mad that it's time. a little cheap but I'm it's, just, <laughs> I'm just it's glitchy in times and that's different <laughs> we, if it's a die roll we'll then table that's... this for another time but okay. you guys should know gil seems like the same one but it's oh just, no it's i don't think i don't think anyone's ever of sanity excuse me of that um i let my freak flag fly um so then next up we have two adult swim singles so as always, Adult Swim this year is releasing um, 52 singles, uh, or single more than 52 singles, over 52 straight weeks. We started in Memorial Day week. Uh, we release new tracks usually every Wednesday, sometimes more than one. And this week, we actually have two tracks to preview because we're releasing two tracks. Um, so first up is Mortal Kombat by the great Atlanta rapper Bosco. Let's check out a sample of that. Bosco's great. She's, um, I think she's going to blow up. And then uh, next up is a really good metal jam from the band Witch Mountain, who I've liked for a long time. Um, let's check that one out. Again, we stick to metal and rap. So when it's a lot of metal multiple rap. tracks in a week, is that more dictated by when the band can it's get usually, it needs if, a release? If it's or more than it one in a week, it's usually because external both, factors. Both of the artists asked for that week because they have other things going on, or maybe it was an opportunity that we could have where a track just popped into our lap. Um, and in this case, both bands asked for the track to go that week. And so obviously we want to help the artists as well as expose them to our viewers. So we do that. Um, but you can listen to all 20 some odd tracks we've released so far at adultswim.com slash singles and come back next week and every Wednesday for the rest of the year to hear new ones. Uh, and I think that's it for steampunk.com. Indeed. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Thank you. See you next week. Tsunami, every Saturday night from 11 to 3.30.